That's the Spud Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. He calls to you, who the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready. Trumbo! And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, and our Ola. I am Spud Goodman. <laughs> Spud Goodman. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. You're about to hear a reasonable facsimile of a real radio show. I'd like to, like, you know, say prepare yourself for an out-of-body experience as we're about to deliver one of the most amazing episodes ever broadcast by Homo Sapiens. But to be honest, you know, that might be a bit of an oversell. What we do have for you is a pretty decent show. Maybe not an all-time best in the history of radio, okay, yeah, but... but, Yeah, more like it's just not going to suck as much as some of the other crap cranked out by our competitors at those mega multinational media corporations. Rest assured, I am a living human being now speaking, okay? Not some voice generated by an AI program. Full disclosure, though, if any multinational corporations want to hire me to be an automated voice, I, you know, I would at least take the call. I mean, no promises I would sell my soul, but, I mean, I'll listen. Excellent. Okay. With that said, why, why don't I introduce our designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Uh, can you give us a top, top shelf sh- chuckle, please? Well, uh, sure, 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 I can do that. How's this? <laughs> hmm, well, without properly exercising my laughing before we went on the air, I think that one was pretty impressive. Well, yeah. I did get off track here in the studio and didn't have time to go through my total it's, range yeah, of pre-show okay. laughing yeah. like I normally do, Spud. Well, uh, taking that into consideration, it wasn't that bad. So thank you. Fine. And now I'm required to like introduce our temporary permanent co-host, uh, Gerald Holcomb. Can you maybe text your standard hello to the listeners? Uh, it would be a much more you know time-effective use of... Of you know the airtime. I'm just saying. T- t- you're saying text. Yeah. Each just each and every one of our listeners. Yeah. But that would take weeks. It, it could. I, it you could. Know, you know, I don't have a master list with all their phone numbers. That. Yeah. You know what? That's a ridiculous request. That's ridiculous. And what what would I even put into a text to all of our listeners? Uh, I would just you know suggest a, a basic hey I'm I'm happy to be here and lucky as hell to have this job you know something like that. Yeah. Well, I, I am happy to be here, okay. and, and I can communicate that verbally to our listeners right now. <clears throat> Hello, everyone. I am Gerald Holcomb, and I am excited. Okay, everyone to- is is really glad you're excited. And, well, and now, now I'm forced to introduce a member of this show who, in my you know my opinion, he he has a highly overrated. Uh, 
How do I say this? He holds himself in extremely high regard. Let's go with that. I mean, he's just a freaking intern, but the kid thinks he's the second coming or maybe even the third coming of, of the Messiah of your choice. Translation, he's full of himself. So, though I have to say this, you know, he, he is the most popular person on this program, according to, to recent listener research. Uh, it's all fake news. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, don't, I don't buy it, but okay, you've been properly introduced, so say a couple words so I can get this thing started. Why do you continue to deny reality, Spud? I am the people's choice. Well, what can I say? They like me. They really like me. It's not like I set out to become the most popular person on the show, but it well, is what it is. Oh, I could see it coming myself, honey. It was only a matter of time before our listeners would fall in love with you, just like I did. You are res- irresistible, you know. Okay, I will draw the line at irresistible. That that's a subjective position. Uh, you know, I, I get it why you feel that way, Aunt Dorothy. I mean, you're you're dating what a now I guess just turned twenty two year old kid who, uh, before he dumps you, will will probably give you you know a few years of sexual satisfaction. But all good things must come to an end. Uh-uh. I see him eventually with some trust fund you know brat his own age who who will spoil him rotten from her parents' money even. Even more rotten than you've done. That's so hot. I'm not the least bit worried that Chance will leave me for another woman. We have something special that cannot be topped by any younger woman. No disrespect to our female millennial listeners out there, but they just don't have the qualities and skills that a more experienced partner can bring to the table. You're so right, Dorothy. Uh Uh-huh. Younger women can't compete with you. They don't have the life experiences that give you the edge. You know so much. You're, like, really smart. As are you, sweetie. Okay, I've heard enough. Uh, Let me get to what I wanted to discuss on this episode. You know, I was watching this. Uh, uh, I think it was... If if I may, I would like to respectfully request that we shine the light on the number one problem facing so many male Americans right now. The issue that everyone is now talking about at dinner tables in every city, suburb, and rural area. And and this is because of the heroic effort by Tucker Carlson at Fox News. I don't want to live in a country that looks nothing like the country I grew up in. Is that bigoted? Uh, Spud. Oh, my God. We, and and by that I mean you, me, and all the other white males in this country are about to be replaced as I'm speaking, we are being replaced right now. And, and it's true. We oh, can't yeah. waste another day before we put an end to this. I don't deserve to be replaced. And for the most part, you don't either, Spud. I'm not worried about being replaced, dude. I mean, mostly because not that many people would ever want to walk a mile in my shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you, you are so wrong. I bet that there are maybe 30 or 40 immigrants at our borders right now who would gladly take your place on this show. And I know for a fact that there would be hundreds, if not thousands of foreigners who would want me to disappear too. Uh, maybe not uh, so much to take my position there. here as co-host of this program. Uh, this temporary co-host. Well, temp- temporary permanent co-host. But... For sure, they would do anything to move me aside to take my other employment position at South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. 
you know, they just increased our monthly bonus by three and a half percent. Yeah, okay. That's I'll, pretty good. Yeah. You know, Gerald, I'm pretty sure most immigrants could make more money doing odd jobs than trying to sell linoleum. I mean, who even buys that crap these days? That's Whoa. a good point, babe. Gerald, I doubt any immigrant is excited to replace you. Yeah. Even any of those pole vaulting, that dumb wall Trump partially built. Yeah, I don't think that many will need to pole vault over that weak-ass sort of wall. I, mean, I, think, I think I read it's only about 14% built. So. Yes, we're going to have the wall, and yes, Mexico is going to pay for the wall 100%. Oh, oh no, no. Donald Trump did build a big beautiful wall that uh, goes not from what, one end of our southern true. border yes to the other and it was keeping us safe from outside invaders until joe biden stole the election and okay. moved into the white house no you haven't you're a lying dog-faced pony soldier <laughs> excuse me i i know i need to dispense like a swift and convincing fact check to those tall tales i'm actually a little choked up about it <laughs> but you know i'm just i'm just i don't know I'm just burned out and fatigued these days trying to serve as a truth teller. This this ongoing misinformation campaign has taken a toll. Can, can you Trumpers just give us, like normal people, a few weeks of rest before you, you get back to spreading mega lies each day? You Have you no shame? And then you wonder why some people don't like me, folks. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's very draining to keep up with all the BS spreading around on Facebook and on those email chains right? these days. Well, it's not so. You know, on my bowling team, I must spend an hour each time we play trying to dispel the newest tidbit of BS. I may be forced to take up golf, as I'm exhausted too. No, don't do that, Aunt Dorothy. I just can't see you in white golf shoes and the whole <laughs> garb that people... Anyway. Spud, your guest, Chris Catan, is waiting to speak with you. Okay. You know, I heard someone say, Chris is from that Saturday Night Live show. Right. My yeah. wife and I, over the years, have never been able to stay up that late to watch that show on TV. I, I heard that it's pretty popular, though. Uh, you might say that. It, it's in season, I think, 47. Oh, wow. So, so one would think you've had ample opportunity to catch at least one episode, but yeah. whatever. You know, Chris, of course, you know, left that show many years ago and is now doing movies and TV. Oh, uh, anything I might have seen? Uh, no, to his credit, I doubt it. Well, I've read in the newspaper that a number of performers from that show have had major struggles in their personal lives. Uh, yeah, like most professions. You know, some people run into some trouble, but the SNL people have a bit higher profile, so it's always highly publicized. Yeah, well, I hope you don't think it would help you out in your career if you too started uh, misbehaving, you know, to draw attention to yourself in the press, uh, maybe drinking uh, cocktails and keeping late hours. I wish I could stay up late to drink cocktails with really cool people, you know, but no, no. usually I do it by myself, so it's just not that much fun. I really doubt I'll ever develop a drinking problem because I get bored with myself after, like, one Harvey Wallbanger and two for sure. I don't know. All right, just, just put Chris through. No, here he is. Please welcome actor Chris Catan. Uh, thanks for coming on our show, man. You're welcome, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, you have a, a movie now streaming on Apple TV, 40 Love. Uh, you co-star with Patrick Warburton, uh, Colin Quinn, and many others. Can you give our listeners the basics of the film? 
Uh, well, it's a romantic comedy, and um, it's a it's a it's a story between two, uh, you know, uh, uh, two lovers, uh, and um, they uh, have their problems like most couples do. But it's a romantic comedy, and I'm in it, and Colin Quinn, and and uh, it was written directed by this brilliant guy, Fred Wolf, who did House Bunny, and he was the brain behind Tommy Boy. He wrote that and Black Sheep. And, uh, he was an SNL guy, and uh, he's, he's just brilliant. And um, I jumped to the opportunity to work with him wherever I can. So I jumped into this, and I was happy I did. It's a great romantic comedy. For those looking for one, you can stream it on Apple TV. Um, some theaters you can go see it. And, uh, of course, right. uh, anyone who is a fan of mine could always reach me at Chris Catan Official on uh, Instagram, too. That's Chris Catan Official. All right. Super. Well, you know, uh, it seems like movie and TV productions are, are now back up at full speed and ha- have been for a while, you know, after dealing with, you know, a world health crisis. Is, is working on the set now much different than before March of 2020? I would guess so. Hey. Any specific differences? Well, one of the big protocols is, of course, being tested for COVID. They uh, take your temperature, you bring your COVID card for vaccination, and uh, you also bring a proof, if you have it, of the booster shot for Moderna. Mm -hmm. And um, that's important as well. So you bring those, they give you a test, that's a 15-minute test, rapid test, and they also take your temperature, and you're ready to go. And that way you are allowed to take your mask off when you're being filmed and put it right back on when they cut. So you'll cut. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. You know, every precaution should be taken. All right. So, so let me ask you, what did you do uh, to kill time during the pandemic? Did you take up a new hobby or something? I, I myself learned how to whittle. But uh, anything interesting? I myself was pretty busy. Um, I, uh, put the, I, I started filming these shorts. Uh, and they'll be releasing soon. It's on my own channel. It's called Take the Can, these shorts, and they're short movies. And they've come out so good. I'm so excited about them. Um, you'll get more information on my Instagram about them and the release. Okay. But they're coming in the next couple of weeks. So right. look for those. Those will be online as well. Super. So Take the Can, it's my own show, and they're shorts, and they're hilarious. Okay. Well, I want to hit you up with this. Looking back on your career b- before you became a member uh, of Saturday Night Live, you were with the comedy improv group The Groundlings, and it's given us basically the who's who of comedy over the years. So who was in the lineup when you were there? I was just curious. I was in with, well, one of my teachers was Mindy Sterling and Lisa Kudrow and uh-huh. Kathy Griffin, and then I moved into The Groundlings, uh, moved up, rather, and uh, in my... Sunday Company and Main Company were uh, Will Ferrell and uh, Sherry O'Terry and Jennifer Coolidge and, and uh, you know, uh, Mike Hitchcock and a few others as well. Um, Anna Gassire, Chris Partnell, and then Dang. I left and went on to SNL. And then other people followed, like Melissa McCarthy, Amaya Rudolph, and Jimmy Fallon, and... Um, uh, a whole slew of people, Heidi Gardner, um, you know, there's a lot of people. Dang, yeah. Uh, um, uh, wow. You know, um, well, that has come from the ground. Like, yeah, well, let, let me ask you this, though. When you when, Then when you did get to SNL, did it take you a while to get writers to put you in sketches that made it to air? I mean, was it a struggle at first, or did things just fall into place? Well, the trick is to write your own sketches, and I'm a writer as well, so... 
I wrote and created all my own characters. I created Mango, I created Mr. Peepers, I created the Roxbury Guys, I created Goth Talk, Azrael Abyss with Molly Shannon, um, and I created the Gibberish Guy, Sewell Forrester. Good afternoon, I'm Kumona. I'm going to be your cousin. Hey, that, that, And, um... <laughs> I, uh, I created all my characters. It's not the easiest thing for a writer to create a character and hand it off to a performer because characters are very personal, uh, especially when they work. And that usually, the reason why they work is because it was personalized and probably written by the writer of some sort. Okay. Um, and that's what happened in this case with my characters. Just about every sketch you see me do where I'm featured, I wrote. Uh, along with someone else, or uh, wrote myself. Uh, there are exceptions, like uh, there's the famous more cowbell sketch that Will wrote with Adam McKay and Chris Parnell, and uh, they put me in that sketch, um, and I did not write that. And uh, but that became a big uh, cult classic as well. Yes. More cowbell. Yes. Well, were you were you hired originally as a writer, or and then moved as a performer, or like a lot do? No. Or? Oh, okay. No, I was performed as a, a performer and uh, a feature player. Six weeks later, they made me a regular cast member. Okay, all right. Well, that's fast. All right. Yeah. Well, I got to ask you this. Is Lauren Michaels, in your opinion, now the most powerful figure in the comedy business? Because he has a fairly long reach with his production company, uh, Broadway Video. I would say he's definitely one of them. I mean, he's a nice guy. He deserves it. He should be given credit for you know, discovering a lot, uh, this talent, you know, he's a genius and a brilliant man and actually, actually has a very good soul. So, um, he's a, he's a great guy. Um, uh, he, he, he uh, yeah, I, I think so. Like the answer would be yes. I mean, you know, there's, a, there's quite a few of them out there, but, um, you know, he does this tonight show, he does Myers, he does, uh, a few other things as well, you know. Okay. Uh, whenever you see a sound like a person do a film, sometimes he also is the producer of that movie. Yes. Or that series on HBO that maybe Fred Armisen is in or on NBC or something. Um, you know, so yeah, he's, a, he's definitely one of the power guys. All right. Spud. What? Well, if I may comment here. Do you ever think about how different your career would be right now if a real power broker in talk radio had taken you under his or, or her wing earlier in your career? It, it would have changed your life. Uh, just a sec, Chris. Yeah, constantly. It, it keeps me up at night. Yeah. You know, well, that and peeing a lot. Getting discovered by some bigwig is the golden ticket out of obscurity. Uh, but believe me, I've given this situation constant, ongoing thought for many years. At this point, though, it looks like it's just, it's just not going to happen, you know, which I've come to terms with. Well, that is understandable. Myself, well, I, I still feel my time will come very soon, though my really? role on... Yeah, I, I really feel my role on this show 
does not adequately showcase my skills as yeah. an entertainer yeah, you said and, this a thousand and times. a broadcaster. Yeah. Well, I just know some powerful figure in the entertainment industry will discover me anyway. You know, uh, project how successful I would be if given a deserved opportunity. Yeah. Well, you know, if I were you, I wouldn't get my hopes up about being well, discovered on this show. You know, I don't think it's going to happen. Just, just let me get back to Chris, okay? I have returned. Well, I know, I know you got to get going, but let me let me close with my standard talk show host question. It's a little cliche, but you know, that's what I'm supposed to do. Uh, so, Chris Catan, what has been your well, most I memorable moment? Pardon me? No. Um, but uh, what has been your most memorable moment in showbiz? What do you think? In showbiz in general? Yeah. Um, I had a lot of fun doing this movie, uh, Monkey Bone. Uh, which is directed by Henry Selleck, who did uh, Carolina and uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, and it's produced by uh, Chris Columbus, who did Home Alone, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the Harry Potter movies. Um, that was a great experience. It was a great movie to watch, too. Um, I think there's a movie they did called Tanner Hall, which is a drama with Brie Larson and Rudy Mara. And uh, that, and Amy Sedaris, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, it's a drama, however, but mm-hmm. um, you can rent that. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, there was some short uh, movie miniseries they did called Bollywood Hero that I wrote and produced and starred in called Bollywood Hero for IFC about me trying to be an action star. Oh, yeah, I saw it. In yeah. Bollywood in India. It was, it was and, re- really uh, interesting. It was really good. Yeah. I agree totally. Keanu Reeves is in it, and Maya Rudolph and Mandy Samberg as well. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm getting word I got. I got to let you go. But let me say again, you have a new movie now streaming on Apple TV. Forty Love. Uh, people can find you on Instagram at uh, Chris Catan Official and on Twitter at Chris Catan. Thanks so much for checking in with us. Of course, buddy. You must not be stampeded by rumors or guesses. Let us unite in banishing fear. It is your problem, my friend. Your problem no less than it is mine. This is the Spud Goodman Show. Uh, Spud, our show's resident psychic, Ted Marr, is holding for you. Okay, we'll do his little plug and let's go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all of our listeners can find Ted Marr on the web, and here he is. to our show's resident psychic, Mr. Ted Marr. We appreciate you calling in again. Oh, hey, Spud. It's great to talk to you again. So I wanted to ask you about a guest we have had on the show in the past, Suzanne Summers. I know she's not dead or anything. I, I usually ask you to contact celebrities who have passed away, but you can also check in with those still alive too, right? Like with a mental telephone call or a mental telegram? Yeah, I can read their mind. Oh, so. super. Well, okay, cool. Well, here's what I want to hit you up with. In my interview but, with her, I really never got the chance to actually ask any questions. She she took control in the first 30 seconds, and I'll, I'll admit, I, I felt somewhat emasculated. You know, it wasn't a male-female thing. It was it was a talk show host guest thing. Yeah, I was supposed to ask the questions, and she, as the guest, was supposed to answer them. It's really quite basic, like, you know, like that circle of life deal. So can you help me out here? I wanted to, like, you know, you can check in with her because there's some things I want to ask her. Okay, okay, I'm plugged in. I just want to tell you, 
I, I really respect people's privacy. I don't go into people's minds unless I'm asked. Oh. And uh, I first asked permission, and I'm going to ask permission now. And she said it's fine. Uh, there's certain really? subjects which she said not to go in, not to ask about. So you can ask, but I mean, I'm, I'm a great respecter of privacy with people's minds. So I can do it, but I, I don't do it unless I'm asked to do it. And then if the spirit on the other side, if they want certain boundaries, I respect that. I don't okay. go against their wishes. All right. Well, my first question would have been, uh, when you played Chrissy on Three's Company, did you base your character on anyone? Like, was there someone in history that you drew from that inspired your portrayal? Can you ask her that now? Yeah, there was, a, there was a member of her family. I'm not getting real clear. Aunt, maybe? I'm not sure. There was somebody in her family that she based the, the character on. Oh, okay, super. Well, I have a personal issue I wanted to ask Suzanne. Hopefully it's not going to offend her. And yeah, it has to do with those darn thigh masters she used to plug. Because uh, I bought one, and at first I did think my thighs started to look better, you know, especially in, in like cargo shorts. I used to wear them all the time way back. But then I realized it was it was more of an optical illusion or possibly I was just fooling myself. It's not like I wanted to refund it. I wasn't going to hit her up for that, and I'm not asking you to ask her right now for my money back. But I, I would like to have her apologize, you know, for me getting my hopes up of having my thighs visually appealing ever because it was never going to happen. But I mean, that's the bottom line here. Can you run that by her right now? Please. Yeah, her spirit is laughing because uh, she said you're the wrong sex. Now, I, she so assumes you're, you're male, but I, I don't know now. That's my knowledge. Hard, you know. But yeah, so um, that, that whole thing was was more for uh, for, for, for women. Um, really? Now, I, I had no yeah, idea. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Um, so but um, but she doesn't want to talk about it too much because she doesn't want to get hit with maybe a, some sort of discrimination, civil rights lawsuit, um, you oh. know, because, um, you know, I may be, you might be so upset that, you know, you might think that, you know, men have a right to have slimmer thighs too. I don't know. But um, this is something to ask your guys. Um, well, to really think about it. I still, I still have it. It's in like the closet somewhere. Uh, I was maybe I, okay. uh, I was gonna. I was thinking about asking her. Uh, maybe I wasn't using it properly. But I'll, let's move on. I'll ask, I, have, I have another one. Um, Spud. What? Well, now that you've brought up the subject of thigh masters, I am not ashamed to admit that both my wife and I work out regularly with ours. Really? Uh, you know, we bought it years ago, and it's still in great shape. And I really feel it's tightened up not just my thighs, but also my glutes and abdominal muscles. It's an amazing invention. Uh, Ted, uh, I'll, I'll be right back. Uh, you actually use a thigh master? I mean, yeah. no offense, man, but I, I've seen you in a bathing suit, like like at our company picnic last year. So yeah. if I was you, I would check about that money-back guarantee, you know, she said in their TV commercials. Did, did, you, did you save the receipt? Because even if it's from, like, 2003, she would have to refund the money. That's what I should have done. Okay, why would I want to return something that's given me such joy and good health? Uh, listen, if it didn't work for you, Spud, maybe you weren't using it correctly. Go on YouTube for a tutorial, and very soon you can have strong, powerful thighs, too. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, just let me finish this up with Ted, okay? All right, I am back. That's okay. You know, also, his, this is what I want to hit her up with. I, I think she's like 73 now. I, I, that is accurate, actually. And she looks more like 35 or so. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know how she does it. 
Um, but not only will I never have fit thighs, I will never look like I'm 35 ever again. Um, she has some sort of secret recipe that's, and I know she's not, I don't know if she's sharing it with anybody, but it's just very disappointing though, as she's teasing all of us normal humans. Could you tell her that please? I'd be happy to, but she's saying her spirit, by the way, is telling me that what I, I tell many people that as you spiritually progress, you're actually, your physical aging stops the clock and can start to reverse too. So that may be one way. One reason why she may be biologically in her early 70s, but she looks physically maybe in her mid-30s. She does. Oh, yeah, it's just, yeah, it kind of bums me go. out when I look in the mirror myself. And, but anyway, all right. Yeah. And <sighs> you can do the same thing, Fred. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, don't think so, be. but anyway. Well, at least I got that off my chest. This has been bugging me sure. for quite a while, Ted. And if sure. you read my mind sure. right now, you would know how much it bothered me. But I, I'm, not, I'm not one to hold grudges, so maybe the next oh. time Suzanne's on the show, I'll be in a much more positive sure. frame sure. of mind, and sure. I owe that sure. to you. Okay, well, anyway, I just want to say thank you so very much for, for doing our show once more. Oh, it's always so much fun to talk to you, but thank you so much, too, my friend. All right, Mr. Ted Marr. There's still more fun and excitement in store in the second half of the Spud Goodman Radio Show right after this brief intermission. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Hey, can we get back to the most important topic facing us in this country? White males like me and you too, Spud. Don't bring Be me in on you this. Well, it's true. Being replaced by foreigners, people from other countries. It Well, I mean, nothing against them. But, geez, do, do people like me invade their countries? No, we do not. Uh, you realize just about every person in this country is part of the family tree of those who immigrated to, to America at one time, okay, at one time. Oh, wow. Yes, even Tucker Swanson McNear Carlson. Tucker's full name is Tucker Swanson McNear Carlson. His stepmom is the heiress to the Swanson frozen food empire. Yeah, that dude. The, the, yeah, the guy that's, that's tied into that frozen food thing. Uh, he, he probably has relatives from, from some distant foreign monarchy. That was my guess. I don't know that. I should Google it. Uh, you know, his old school money, though, goes way back a couple centuries. Yeah, yeah. For I, sure. I, yeah, really, I would watch getting your information on this topic from that douchebag. Let's have a toast for the douchebags. He doesn't strike me as someone who is too concerned with the facts and stuff like that. No, no, you are so wrong. There's a reason Tucker is the number one rated TV host in this country. He speaks the truth. <laughs> well, Gerald, I guess it's how you define the word truth. It seems uh, to be a very flexible term these days. Remember that uncle I discussed on the show? The really mean alcoholic one, 
Oh, yeah, I do. He peed on our carpet during Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, that guy. Well, it was right after he got up from the table and said Tucker Carlson was sent here by alien powers that are now overseeing Earth. And they told him to get rid of all the liberals before they can save the Earth from becoming uninhabitable. Well, okay, he didn't say uninhabitable as he was sort of slurring his words at that point. I think he said something that started with the word un- but I'm pretty sure that's what he meant. I guess that aliens want everyone gone before they take it over. Anyway, after he was done peeing, my mom made my dad lock him in the garage until dinner was over. I won't forget that Thanksgiving for a while. What did you guys do? Take it and uh, do something crazy to it? Uh, you know, that story could have been uh, better told off the air, Chance. and Maybe too much information about your family. Aunt Dorothy, I hope you're aware that this is the group of people you will be marrying into. Are you emotionally prepared for this? Well, I am so looking forward to soon becoming Mrs. Chance Morrison. Uh, it will be a dream come true for me being a new member of Chance's family. Even with that drunk uncle? I mean, <laughs> you're looking at years of ugly incidents. Seriously, at, at gatherings, holidays, oh. you know, are, are going to be train wrecks. Come on. I mean, oh, just, just give us some thought. It's not too late to pull out of this, this, this horrible decision of yours. Yeah, like your family is so normal. My uncle may be a mean drunk, but at least he doesn't carry around a ventriloquist dummy with him 24-7 like your uncle Steve. That that the okay his companion Jerry uh, it, it's he calls it his comfort companion so I think I think legally I think there's something to back that up because I isn't that term I think I think it works for you know getting on planes and stuff he, he he all he says is the dummy makes him happy what's what's wrong with that and let me say that you know that dummy of his has never ever relieved himself on the rug at any family gathering um could we change the subject please good call yo yeah yeah thank you mrs jarvis uh, what i wanted to discuss further is what this whole replacement thing will mean to white men around this country i, I know okay. if it is not stopped then the next thing you know these invaders won't stop at just remaking our culture. They might just try to win over our wives and our girlfriends. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. Now, listen, Tucker hasn't said this explicitly on his show, but I know that he's hinting uh, that this could be right around the corner. And uh, listen, I've been happily married for over 20 years to my wife, Rachel, and I will not stand for some Antonio Banderas wannabe trying to win her affections. Not that she would succumb to any attempts to win her over, what? but I uh, uh, and other white men don't need that to deal with. Hey, bud, what's your problem? Yeah, I mean, I don't know where you're coming this is just bizarre. I just don't see my fellow white guys having to look over their shoulders, you know, worrying about losing the, the women in their life, you know? You, I mean, come on. Well, you don't know that because, you, you know, you you don't have women who will spend time with you. Well, but yeah. As Tucker did for, say on his show. That's not permanently like that. Listen, if you open up our country to those from the not-so-nice countries, then soon America will be not-so-nice. You know, trash everywhere, loud gatherings at public parks, strange products in our grocery stores, you, you know, food that we have no clue what it is. You stupid, ignorant son of a dumb 
You've never traveled outside of the U.S., have you, Gerald? You would be surprised at all the amazing well, food served in other countries. Truly, the cultures, the music, it might change your viewpoint on the dangers of people from other countries immigrating here. I know I would rather have an immigrant who did everything they could to live here rather than some loudmouth MAGA neighbor screaming at kids on Halloween or the mailman for being an hour late on his route. Yeah. It's been my experience that people who come here tend to have better manners than most of us. And they do the jobs we're too lazy to do. Truth isn't truth. Oh, listen, you, you're mistaken. Uh, uh, Mrs. Jarvis says, my wife and I traveled to Vancouver, Canada for a day a few years ago. <laughs> Listen, the people there were actually fairly nice. It took a bit to understand them with their uh, Canadian accents, though. I don't know if Canada counts as being a world traveler, Gerald. Well, we had to go through customs. And I can tell you, once you drive through and leave America... It is a different world there than our country. So many differences uh, besides the language. Uh, you know, maybe not enough to build a wall on that border at this time, but uh, it's something to consider. I thought Europe was a country. Uh, Spud. Yeah. You, uh, your next guest, Eddie Gathegi, is ready to go on the line. Is Eddie an actor? Oh, yeah. In my opinion, he is one of the best out there today. I'm, I'm serious about this. And very soon he's going to be huge. Uh -huh. I mean, he's been in so many good shows and movies already, but uh, he's going to take off big time soon. Okay. Say, I know you tend to book the guests who you personally like. I mean, not all the time, but whenever possible. Yeah. Uh -huh. Do you think I could put in a request to have Tom Selleck on our show someday? That would be a thrill for me. What the hell, Joe? Well, it's not a secret that I've had a crush on Tom for many years, and I've shared it on the show. Yes, you have. But I do need to make clear this was B.C., before Chance. Now I only have eyes for him. Okay, right. Also, since Tom has been doing those reverse mortgage commercials, he doesn't seem as hot. I'm not threatened by Tom Selleck. I mean, all he has going for himself now is that mustache. Hopefully someday I'll be able to grow one like that. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, so can we book Tom as a guest? I don't think he'd be a good fit on this show. And yeah, Aunt Dorothy, he, he does come off as a, as a bit of a, of a douche on those reverse mortgage commercials. Uh -huh. you know, I'm just, just, just put Eddie through, so I'm pumped to speak with him. Yeah, very well. Here he is. Say hello to actor Eddie Gasegi. Uh, thanks a lot for coming on our show. Yeah, you, right. I mean, uh, we really appreciate it. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure. Yeah. Well, you have a new movie out in theaters and later on Netflix, The Harder They Fall. The cast is quite impressive. Can, can you give us the basics of the film? The elevator pitch is it's a it's an all black western with an all star cast for Netflix, and uh, it's your classic western tale: uh, the good guys versus the bad guys. And everyone in the film is an outlaw. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, I like that. All right, super. Um, well, you know, I'm a fan of your work as you've been in some really good TV shows like Into the Badlands, Startup, Blacklist, and the upcoming season of season three of, of a great show for all mankind on Apple TV, which I'm very excited about. And, and I got to toss this out some well known movies like X Men First Class, Twilight, and Gone Baby Gone, among many others. So you're, you're constantly working, so things are going pretty well, huh? You know, they are. They are. I'm one of the one of the actors that gets to say that I get I, I get to do what I love, so it doesn't feel like I work a day in my life. And I, I constantly pinch myself that this is the the life that I built for myself with a lot of help and with a lot of luck. Yeah. Well, uh, you were born in Kenya and raised in the Bay Area in in California. So uh, you were a hooper first before getting into acting, uh, right? You played ball at UC Santa Barbara. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't, you know, I was always realistic with myself. I looked around at, at the other athletes and knew that I probably wasn't going to be able to pay my bills uh, playing basketball, but I was still obsessed with it nonetheless. And um, my my very average would-be career was cut short when I hurt my knee, and I took an acting class just to, you know, get out of a depression and, and have some fun, and that's when I fell in love with the craft of acting and then the rest as they say is history what was the knee and acl or it was pretty serious you know uh, at the time i couldn't even afford an mri and then by the time my knee healed um yeah i, I still didn't get one so to this day oh. we don't know what happened to my knee oh you know? wow um well h- how was the transition from athlete to studying acting because that you know that's that's a transition you know in a lot of ways there are some similarities just in terms of being in the public eye and having to perform under high uh, pressure situations and the focus that's required on a minute by minute, um, second by second basis. Uh, so I would say that was uh, a training ground in, in, in some ways to be able to withstand the pressures. There's a lot of money that, that's on the line in, on a film shoot. You know, there's, there's, uh, there's no time to waste. And I would say that my short athletic uh, career, if you want to even call it that, uh, you know, gave me a focal point of which to connect to. I bet you're probably pretty good at taking a charge. You just had that natural skill. But anyway, all right. Um, well, you know, when you did the first Twilight movie, uh, you were in all three, but the, the initial one, the initial one, did, did you grasp how big a deal that franchise was with a certain demographic, specifically teenage girls with, you know, with the Team Edward versus Team Jacob thing going down? It was really crazy. I'm not going to speak for everybody, but I'm going to speak for everybody. I don't think anybody knew how big it was going to be. We all were aware that there were three books, and we all all knew that there was a pretty avid readership for those three books, but it wasn't until we went to Comic-Con after we finished production on the first film where we saw the reaction, the uh, the amount of people that lined up days before we arrived, and the decibel level that was hit in Hall H. That was the moment where we all looked to each other and just realized that we were probably going to be in something that would be a pop culture phenomenon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it definitely was, and is, I guess, I still say. Excuse me, Spud. What? what but, uh, this, this Team Edward and Team Jacob situation that you mentioned to Eddie, are, are these professional sports teams? I, I don't think I've ever heard of a team named the Jacobs. Are, are they uh, a soccer team? 
Uh, Eddie, I need a brief moment here. I'll be right back. It was from those Twilight movies. The, the ones about vampires? You have a daughter. There's no way you have never heard of those books and movies. Knowing you, okay, I peg you as Team Edward. Oh, no. Team Jacob for Gerald. Don't you think, Chance? Uh, I don't know. I hated those Twilight books. My mom's read all of them. Vampires? Why, okay, why would anyone write a book or make a movie about vampires? There are not that many of them around nowadays, and I just don't think most people care about them. Oh, a whole lot of now younger women care about them. But just, just let me get back to Eddie. Alrighty, I have returned. Um, hey, this is what I wanted to hit you up with. I wanted to talk about Startup, you know, the Sony Crackle series that later found uh, a, a, a home on Netflix. I, I loved that show, and the, and the last episode left me and a million other viewers feeling kind of uh, torqued off to learn that there would be no season four. So many storylines would be resolved. It was like reading a novel and the last chapter was missing. As popular as that series still is on Netflix, any chance for another season? You know, there's always a chance. Um, what's the likelihood? I can't tell you. All I know is Netflix licensing it and giving it a second life uh, was so gratifying because I don't think that the viewership was uh, was that large on Crackle. And and then, they, like you, the, the outcry for season four <laughs> has been... Uh, pretty big. So yes. really at this point, it's just up to it's up to the fans. It's up to the fans to put pressure on the people who maybe have the uh, the ability to produce another season. I know that the players involved would, would all be down for something like that because it is unfinished. Uh, the show is, is wicked and uh, our, our characters were really fun to play. They're, they're, they're career highlights for all of us. So we'd love, we'd love to dabble in that world again. Why not? I mean, you've done so many projects, but are you kind of amazed at how that, I mean, it just blew up, like, pretty quick. Which one? I'm, I'm talking about Startup. When it hit Netflix, it just, it was like a phenomenon. Yeah, it, it, it was, and it came out of nowhere because we, we had shot the, the third season two years prior, so all of a sudden it's on Netflix, and all of a sudden everybody's talking about it again. Um, so that that was a shock. But when you look at Netflix's reach and when you look at what they're doing, they, they're in 190 countries. They have 218 million, million paid subscribers. You can release a movie in, in Los Angeles and in Tokyo on the same day. Right. So it's global. And it's, you know, look at what happened with Squid Game and yeah. with Bridgerton. And it's just, it's, so, it's such a big platform uh, that, that can make stars out of thin air so uh it, it makes sense when you when you zoom out and you look at the bigger picture but yes definitely it was a shock to see startup specifically get a second life yeah and maybe right. there's a third one yeah let's hope so well hey getting back to for all mankind airing on apple tv uh for season three you're you're a lead in in the season coming up i, I hope it's soon um do you play an astronaut and get to do a lot of cool space stuff or do you play someone stuck on earth Listen, uh, to describe my character in any meaningful way is to, like, give away spoilers. Uh, um, okay. So I can't, I, I, I've tried to figure out how to describe him. I mean, I think I think what's written is probably 
as as detailed as we can get. It's a dope character. I've never played a character like this before, which was the draw for me to play him. And I think fans of the show are going to appreciate uh, an energetic shift. His new energy. All right. Uh, hey, outside of acting, I want to hit you up with this. Uh, what do you do for fun? I was just curious because it seems like you're always working. Do you, do you still play any hoop? Maybe hit an occasional open gym or something? Oh, man, I wish. I, I haven't hit uh, uh, a three-on-three game or I haven't, I haven't played basketball in a number of years. Um, the old adage is, you know, do what you love and you never work a day in your life. So I feel like acting is what I do for fun. But aside from that, um, I just love traveling. I love traveling and, and, and visiting places and learning about different cultures and meeting new people. And, you know, that's one, that's one of the reasons why I'm in Paris right now. Um, oh, wow. To, to just keep giving myself these types of experiences. Okay, all right. Well, then, I know you got stuff going on in Paris, so let me remind everyone that you have a new movie out at theaters, The Harder They Fall, and soon to be available for streaming on Netflix. Hey, we really appreciate you coming on our show. Hey, the pleasure's mine. There you have, have it. Day. Yeah, you too, Mr. Eddie Kathegi. This is the Spy Goodman Show. This is the Spy Goodman Show. My, how time flies. You know. I really didn't get the opportunity to finish up on my thoughts about this replacement situation that is underway in this country. I have so many more points that I'd like to make. Like, if, well listen, if we don't close our borders pretty soon, there will be no English language TV shows on anymore, and our children will have to watch cartoons and hear uh, foreign voices. It's true, listen, think about that for a moment. Daffy Duck or, or Bugs Bunny speaking in Spanish or uh, Hades, that, that would be wrong. Would you Who shut up, man? Uh, uh, people from Haiti don't speak Hades, as you say. I mean, their language is French Creole, and I, I, I don't see Bugs Bunny speaking it. You're watching way too much Fox News. Yeah, Fox and Friends starts right now. Yeah, yeah. You need a few weeks away from all those whack jobs on that channel. I don't know. My mom won't let my dad watch Fox News anymore. He never was a hardcore viewer, but he really got into that Judge Janine. He never missed her show, and my mom can't stand her voice, so dad can't turn on Fox at all now. It's time to shut it down, turn the tables, and lock her up. Yeah, that's probably for the best. Uh, hey, Trevor's saying we have a call. Do you want to take it? Chance, I was about to tell Spud that. You know, you really need to stay in your lane. Guess I'm just quicker on my feet than you are, Gerald. Maybe your reflexes are starting to fade a bit. Yeah, I I thought of that. You would suck on Jeopardy. The answer is... Well, okay, let's just take the call, man. Hey, is anyone on the line? Because if so, you're on the air, because I think there's somebody there. Are you there? Yeah, yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, do you have something to add to the show? Well, you know, I, I don't know how much I can add, but oh. uh, I've been listening and I did want to say something. Okay. I mean, Go ahead. Yeah, this whole replacement thing from that Carlson dude is just not a thing, you know? It'll take a couple centuries for white guys well, to ever lose real okay. power in this yeah. country. 
Yeah, his shtick is just about, you know, riling up his viewers. The show that is the sworn enemy of lying, pomposity, smugness, and groupthink. Uh, caller, you are you are wrong there. Tucker is like the modern day town crier, alerting us all to the dangers of what is coming. You, you obviously are not a fan of Paul Revere, right? Yeah, you know, I don't get that connection, Jerry, but uh, what would be wrong about, re you know, being replaced anyway? Well, no, don't, don't, don't support this guy's uh, just, I don't even know what well, I would call it. Well, well, Spud, you know, I, I know I'd love to swap places with some immigrant from, say, Chile or even Colombia. You know, they have some of the best beaches in the world. Uh, you know, he or she could have my one-bedroom studio apartment. You know, the, yeah, the rent well. keeps going up and, okay. and the toilet backs up. Yeah. Man, I'm ready for a change. Okay, so I get it. You 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 actually want to be replaced. That's what so you're saying. You, well, no, no, Spud. I'm not saying I want to be replaced, like, forcefully. But, yeah, you know, why not set up some kind of foreign exchange deal? You what? know? We could make some kind of timeshare swap of our living situations, you know, not, not forever, but say maybe a, a couple years, you know, what would be the harm in that, Spud? Well, I just don't think you're not going to. Who, who's going to do that with you? Well, well, if they had enough time and found a job and they liked it, you know, maybe they'd get a green card. Well, I don't know, caller. A, a lot of people, I mean, a whole lot of people, yeah, would swap places with you, but I'm not so sure you want to go where these people are having to leave from right now because they're they're trying to come to the country, uh, you know, from the southern on the southern border. They're, they're escaping poverty, you know, and basically a horrible living situation in their home country. They want a better life, basically. It's pretty. I mean. I don't think that many of the people stacked up at the border are, are, you know, leaving beachfront condos or anything. We love winners. We love winners. You know, you know, you don't know that. Uh, I'm sure some just want a fresh start somewhere new. No, I'm pretty sure you know? that yeah, the well, people Well, yeah, maybe they were burned out with their work or had too many annoying relatives that were bugging them. You know, yeah. I got some of those. I think it's a little you bigger know, it's, than it's that. It's time we looked at this whole immigration thing differently. Yeah. People are people, you know? Yo, I so disagree with you, caller. Do you understand what would happen to this country if we returned to the day when immigrants came here to find a better life that Spud mentioned? Yeah. We, well, listen, we can never return to those days. I'm not saying we need to put a a tarp or covering over the Statue of Liberty, but it really does send a bad message to others around the world. We can no longer welcome those huddled masses, you know? As the greatest president ever said so smartly, we no longer have any room in this country for immigrants. We're at full capacity right now. They are not our friend. <laughs> you, know, you know, Jerry, I don't see that. Uh, we must have... 10 or Jerry. 15 states with only a handful of people living there. I mean, I can think of a, a few that clearly should have vacancy signs up. Well, uh, okay, I am with you on that one. Okay, you got, that's a good point because I've said that on that other show I do on YouTube, Rabbit Punched. Uh, there are more moose than humans in a few of them. That's a fact. And I, I will respond to that just like I did on Rabbit Punched when you said that. North or South Dakota does not need or want people from other countries coming You don't there. know that. They and the moose are doing just fine without them. 
mooses. I don't yeah, know what that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my focus is more on me, maybe working out some kind of deal with someone from one of those countries with cool beaches. You know, maybe just you uh, know, a change of venue. Yeah, okay, all right. It's you know, A man can dream, can he? Yeah, you can dream, but you're on my radio show right now, and you're kind of. This is kind of going nowhere, so is that all you got to say? Because i got to get going. Well, well but listen, but listen, i got a lot of baggage in this country that I, I would just soon, as soon leave behind. You know, yeah, I okay. mean, I don't have nice. kids, and my ex has yeah. re- recently remarried, but okay. man, I'm having troubles with my neighbor. So I, why not just take up the plunge and, and relocate to another country? I mean, yeah. my lease won't be up for a while. So okay, well, you know. Cool. I need to find someone there, Spud, who's cool. And what's just to swap on a trial basis? Yeah, well, good luck with that, caller. I, I got to go now. So I have to wrap things up for the show. We're out of time. Well, wait, 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 wait. I just had an idea. This show can be heard around well, the world, both on the internet and the radio, right? Yeah. I mean, um, c- can I put out my contact info? No. Well, uh, hey, I suppose he could, as we do have listeners in other countries on the web and like that station, Cornucopio Radio in Sheffield, England. No, 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 no. That's way too cold in England, Aunt Dorothy. You know, Spud, are you on somewhere warmer? Uh, England's not that cold. And, you know, we used to be on a station in South Africa, but it went out of business. Uh, Look, just stay on the line and give your contact info to Trevor uh, on the board after I dump the call. And if anyone from, like, a warm country contacts us, we'll send them your phone number, all right? Now you need to go. Uh, Terminate the call, please. All right, man. I really appreciate this, man. I look forward to You know what? I just don't think that caller truly understood the danger that we're facing with this replacement movement now underway in the USA. I know when Donald Trump returns to office soon, he will take care of everything. But until then, we all have to remain vigilant. I'm going to have to go ahead and sort of disagree with you there. Well, stay as vigilant as you want, dude. Right now, I'm out of here. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. Trevor really doesn't have to take his contact info, right? I mean, that guy was very strange. I don't know. Trevor can decide, okay? I'm I'm done here. Later. Uh, You know, I wouldn't mind getting his contact information and sending him some links from our Tucker Carlson is the man Facebook group. Uh, He he might be interested. I'll, I'll talk to Trevor about that later. The Spud Goodman Show is written and directed by Spud Goodman, executive producer Lori Madsen, produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions, engineered by Trevor Jastad, and recorded at the facilities of NWCZ Radio, associate producer T.J. Pites, video director Jason W. Young of Random Whispers Studios, production assistants Brian Martin and Chance Morrison, original music by Mike Spots and Tom Harmon, on-air talent Rob McGee, David Deere, Pam McGee, and Tom Nolan, copyright 2021. Spud Goodman Productions, David Brenneman speaking. Super.